germinate really the dominant force in the eight this year. They set the world's best time in Poznan. And so let's remember this is the fastest crew there's ever been. And now here they are at the World Championship. 250 metres to go. The Germans have half the length. The fast finishing Americans are coming through. With them are the Italians. The Kiwis, they've been spat out the back. And the top check there, the stroke man, the big five man, Jakob Schneider, putting in the power when it matters. There's the Italians coming back, Greg. The Italians are 45 strokes a minute. They are now coming back. I think the Germans have got enough to hold on. It is going to be Germany for gold. Hello boys and girls, ladies and gents, uh, welcome to The Rose Show. We're your hosts, Lawrence Britton and Jake Green. And today we have such an epic uh, interview. We managed to get our, our first international interview up. And today we have Max Planner from the German 8. So Max has had an incredible season last year. He went on to become world champion. And in the process of becoming world champion, he was also clocked at world's best time in Poland, which makes him part of the fastest crew ever. Yeah, so the, the interview is really interesting. We, we really find out some awesome secrets about the, the German team <laughs> uh, on their training and, and how they race. So if you enjoyed the show, let us know what you like. You can email us at theroshowsa at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at The Rose Show. Uh, Jake and I really love doing the show and we're having such incredible conversation with the, the most amazing athletes. And as we start to, to spread to international listeners, we, we really need everyone's hands. It really, it really helps the show if you share it, if you spread the word, and also if you go rate us on iTunes. So go out there this week and get one more person listening to the show. Sweet guys, that's enough of us. Uh, babbling on uh, let's get into the show welcome to the road show we're your hosts Lawrence Britton and Jay Green this is a podcast we're going to be going into everything related to sport and performance and we're also going to talk a bit about rowing in South Africa it brings people together it breaks down barriers my passion winning to be the best the best is something we strive for crucial role in South Africa compassion great passion fiction ultimate goal glory relentless training pain pain (laughs) okay cool well welcome to the show Max yeah welcome of course thank you have a have a great uh, great chat today I think let's Let's start with the, the obvious stuff. Let's start with uh, your 27, 2017 season and racing. And and let's begin with uh, breaking the record. Okay, um, yeah, it was in uh, Poznan, the final of the World Cup. And um, I think we had it in the um, in the heat that our Cox told us at uh, the 1000 meter mark. Uh, he told us, um, guys, we are on world record pace. And 200 meter uh, later, <laughs> he said, now we aren't on work record pace anymore <laughs> and uh, disappointed us or and I, I don't i don't know but the fact that he that he talk, talked uh, about um, the world record pace during the race wasn't wasn't so good for us i think and um then in the final um i think the wind was again very good for for fast times and then uh, nobody spoke about the world record or something and uh, he just uh, said before the race he would like to uh, our Cox would like to um, or he would like to win with uh, more than four seconds because uh, no other eight did that before in the World Cup, and then we said okay let's try this, and that was our motivation to keep going faster and faster at the last 500 meters um, even if we we're already um, yeah long way in front, so um, nobody knew that we would we were the world record pace. Um, it was just when we were uh, when we crossed and finished the line and um, saw on the 
Yeah, and on the big screen, um, yeah, 580, and then we thought, okay, that might be, <laughs> might be a world record. And then when we came to the pontoon, um, yeah, to the yeah, where the grandstands are, um, everybody was cheering a world record, world record, and uh, yeah, couldn't really believe it. So you guys didn't even know that you were going to break the record even in the last 200 meters or so? No, no. During the race, nobody of us knew that. Maybe the Cox, but um, he didn't tell us. I take it that um, Martin specifically didn't tell you guys just to make sure you kept you, it didn't like put too much extra pressure on you guys. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think so because in the, in the heat, maybe it was not good. We, we won the heat, but um, after he said it, it wasn't quite, not as good as the first thousand meters. And then I think he might have might have said to himself, "Okay, this time I, I won't tell them." Trying to um, row our race plan with our um, uh, very quick uh, t first thousand meters, and then try to move on. And I think at thousand five hundred meters, we were more than a length in front, and then we kept pushing and pushing. And that, and the only motivation for that was that he said more than four seconds in front of the second boat. And yeah, in the end, uh, we um, we achieved this goal. I think it was four and a half seconds or something. But yeah, we achieved another goal. <laughs> How long do you think that that record will stand? Because you didn't um, beat the record by by much. You only took a little bit off it. Do you I, think it'll stand for a while? I, I think that uh, the record maybe could be beaten um, in this year's World Championship because I heard that the the course in um, Bulgaria, that, um, yeah, yeah, Bulgaria, yeah. I heard that the course there um, is, is very fast. So, um, because the water is very warm and there's uh, often, um, yeah, a good wind. So I think at this World Championships, maybe the record can be beaten again. Because I, I feel I like I feel like you guys. I mean, when when you were watching the the World Cup race in Poland, the the weather conditions there didn't actually look that fast. And yeah. you guys, I mean, it must have been a, a really good way to start the season because you didn't really have any competition go, going to the second half of the race. I think that you guys in really good conditions, and if you had really strong competition, you could you could even go much faster than that 518. Yeah, maybe maybe this would be possible. Um, the wind was quite good because it was a little bit from a little bit from the side, so there were no not much waves. And as you say, on the screen or something. You didn't see that there was too much wind because there are not uh, there were not many waves. Yeah, yeah. You, got, you guys had a really good race in in Poland, and then you guys got to Lucerne, and that was probably the the closest race you guys had the whole season. Tell us about what it was like racing against yes. Australia, and it must have been quite something, especially when they came back at you guys so hard at the end. Yeah, um Lucerne was a very yeah very hard race and um it was a very very good experience for us in the season because it was uh, the closest race and we thought okay that's going to help us at the world champs that we had this race before um but i think i should start a little bit earlier because one week before we were at the henry henley royal regatta and um had two hard races there <laughs> two one by one races against the kiwis and the british aid and um so we just had uh, five days of rest until the heat in uh, in Lucerne, and well, n nobody of us knew how hard it would be <laughs> that uh, racing after one week again, and the heat was so totally destroyed after 1,000 meters, <laughs> and then we had um, had one day heat, but um, we, we needed that day because um, if we would have gone in oh wait uh, how should I say 
if, if there wouldn't have uh, would have been um, uh, a repertoire for us, I don't I don't think that we would have won in the third. <laughs> so we needed that day rest. Yeah, and then the, the the final came, and we knew that the Australians were very fast in the in the heat, and we knew it, of course, that the coach um, set uh, the four into the eight. So we just uh, tried to go as hard as we can again and try to um, stay in the front because. The first thousands were very, very good, but then at the second thousands, uh, we, we, um, yeah, we, we felt again very tired, um, we, and we felt that we had um, raced one week before, and so the uh, second thousand were extremely hard, especially when they came up and closer and closer. Yeah, but um, in the end, uh, it was the closest race ever for me, I think, and yeah, also one of the best because we won, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, we know definitely how difficult it is to, to race at uh, Henley and then go straight to Lucerne. It definitely makes that week uh, yeah. really, really tough. And then moving on to, to World Champs, that was that's the first time you've been World Champion. Yes. Okay, and and I mean, was that just a, a really perfect week for you guys? Yeah, I mean, the, the whole season was perfect for me because uh, last year, um, yeah, the... Oh, yeah, two years ago at the Olympic Games, um, yeah, I was really disappointed after it, and I didn't knew how it would go on with, uh, for me with rowing. And then the season came, I got my chance into the eight, and um, yeah, in the end, the World Champs, the, the World Champs was the first time uh, in the season that uh, we had pressure on our necks because. Um, there, then we had something to lose because we were unbeaten the whole season. Every regatta was perfect, and then, um, yeah, if you if you don't finish after after such such a good season, if you don't finish in first place at the Worlds, um, everything else is unimportant, you know. Yeah. So um, yeah, we felt some pressure before the final, and that was was a hard situation. But um, yeah, again, we showed that we can handle it, and um, of course. The last 200 and crossing the finish line was awesome for me. First time world champion. Didn't knew that I would uh, reach that goal ever. <laughs> and um, yeah, perfect week, of course. And then one of the one of the big factors at World Champs was the heat. Um, we on our side, we definitely found that the weather and the humidity and the temperature was was quite something to get used to. How did you How did you guys find the the weather there, and how did you guys deal with it? Yeah, um, for us Germans, <laughs> we live in a little bit colder conditions. Um, it was very <laughs> yeah. hard, and um, at the first days we were there, um, our boat uh, didn't arrive um, early enough because of the uh, the big storm. So we had to row for some days on the Erg, and some of us uh, went into this uh, climatic room with I don't know how many degrees were there, 15 degrees Celsius or something, or even colder, um, because. It was too hot for them outside, and I said to them, "Don't don't row inside." But they went, and all three of them, um, one day later, they got a cold, <laughs> they were sick, and then they had to try to get um, get back again very shortly, and that was very hard. So uh, we had some problems uh, with those conditions. So you guys, you guys, I remember you guys had to wait for your pacha. Does that mean you're gonna move to the Felipe anytime yeah. soon? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think so. Because, um, we are very um, confident and uh, with the boat. It, um, I don't think that there will be changes in our team. 
Um, one of our pairs from the eight, um, Johannes Weissenfeld and um, Eric um, Tom Johannesen, they tried to row in a, a Filippi pair in the last weeks. They they tried it out for them, but um, now they changed back to Empaka. Yeah, I think though there must be something with a, a German guy rowing in the Italian boats. Just it's just wrong. And uh, Max, it must have been a great feeling when you guys were awarded the the male crew of the year at the end of the last year. It must have been, especially considering the disappointing year at the Olympics, going from your experiences there to being becoming world champion, breaking a record, and then to cherry on top as being awarded the male crew of the year. Yeah, of course, that was amazing. Um, yeah, as I already told before, um, in 2016, and um, yeah, was very disappointed and. Um, didn't knew how it would go on with me and um, in Germany it's always difficult because um, there's always the eight um, which is built from the strongest guys or from the best rowers and after it there is the four and the pair and they are always struggling at the world champs or at Olympic Games and um, in Rio we didn't even had a pair we had the four we finished uh, 12 and we had the eight uh, who was okay because they got, went for a medal but um, it's not easy to build even if we are so many guys, we're here in the training camp in Portugal now with uh, 22 guys, but um, for the coaches, it's not easy to build a, a whole squad which is competitive, really competitive in all boats. And um, if the four changes every year with four other guys or three other guys, it's you know you know it uh, from your own. I think it's always difficult again to to build a good crew who's competitive in the four against experienced crews who rode together since a long t uh, for a long time and um, that's I think that's the step I, when I went when the, the season started and I went into the eight or I was selected for the eight I thought okay this might be my chance and um, because in the eight you always row for a medal and in the four you hope that you can row uh, yeah into the final yeah, so that's sort of where our, our next question is going, is, is is what changed from 2016 to 2017 for you? Because obviously, you, you, like you're yeah. saying, it was it was very really tough and you weren't sure where your rowing was going. And then you managed to, to yeah. come back in 2017 and, and do exactly what you wanted to do. Yeah, I think the, 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 um, the, the funny thing about that is that I finished um, with my partner, Felix Wimberger, I finished fourth uh, in a trial in uh, 2016. And uh, fifth in a trials in 2017. In 2017, I was selected for the eight. <laughs> and now this uh, season came in 2016. I wasn't selected for the eight uh, with my fourth place. So sometimes um, it really depends on coaching decisions and um, not 100% uh, of your um, yeah, of, of what you're capable of. You always have to have to handle some situations like that. And Max, going on a bit about um, selection, you know, a lot of in a lot of places around the around the world, the the ergo plays such a big part in selection. In Germany, yeah. if you can tell us how important is the ergo in your guys' selection and your guys' training in general? The thing is, um, yeah, we had a change of the coaches um, after Rio, and uh, our sweep, men's sweep head coach who was there before, he was. Um, yeah, it was very difficult with him because he said, okay, in training we don't do ergo very much, just when we can't go rowing, but in the selection um, it's very important. And um, now we have a, a different coach and for him it's also very important to be good, good on the erg, but um, 
this uh, the last year showed that they that he just don't set too much on the earth and um, that he also looks uh, how good you are um, in the pair and how um, the the team fits so there was a change which was I think <laughs> relatively good for me because I'm not the best on the earth yeah that can change every year I don't know the, the coaches in the end make the decision and um, the ergo is important but not the most important thing I think yeah we, we have a saying in South Africa that uh, boat speed is king as long as you're making the boat move fast yeah you know that that's the most important part that would be nice if that would 100% be in Germany <laughs> <laughs> But it's a little bit more difficult, yeah. <laughs> but then you guys still do a lot of training in pairs. So, I mean, uh, just in the small boats, is that uh, to get the competition or to get technical aspects right? Um, I think both. Um, one aspect is uh, that um, in the pair you can make huge steps in the, yeah, in the technical uh, things. But you also, um, but our, every April we have a trial regatta. So everyone wants to prepare for it. Everyone has to prepare for it. So um, during the <clears throat> the fall, the winter, and the spring, we do I think seventy percent in the pair and uh, thirty in the eight or in the four. Yeah, and the coaches are also trying some uh, different uh, combinations for the for eight and four. <clears throat> but the most of the work is done uh, in the pair. Uh, yeah, because it's different. Um you know, I think, like, at least for us, I mean, we don't row a lot of eights, but when we get in the, the eights, after a yeah. while, it gets very difficult to, to build that competition in between the team, and the team starts to sort of get a bit complacent, whereas then if we go back to the, the small boats, then everyone can, yeah. you can see very easily how fast everyone is compared to, to the rest of the team. So, talking about the, yeah. the training and and how, how it all works, how do you like approached training what are, what are your what are your values when it comes to to how to to put consistent training down okay um <clears throat> yeah i think of course um i know what my um i don't know if i say this correct but i might what my advantages advantages and disadvantages are <laughs> on, on which um things i still have to work a lot and which uh, things i'm doing good and um there are some two or three technical aspects, for example, I have to work every session. Um, and then, of course, when we, for example, when we row in the eight, um, the Cox is uh, doing the most of the technical work. The coach is sometimes saying something from outside, what he sees from the motorboat, but most of the technical work comes from the Cox. He feels and sees most of the stuff, what we are doing, good what we're doing wrong and what we have to um, improve so um, I think I'm also um, trust trust a lot my uh, Cox and my coach yeah so yeah. Ma Martin Sauer has actually been involved in the aid for a really long time what's it like rowing yeah. or being or being part of a crew with someone that's got so much experience it must I, I take it he must provide quite a lot of leadership and help you guys out a lot yeah of course he's um, he has so so much experience. He is, yeah, and and he is really he's the best Cox I've ever rode with, and I'm happy for really really happy for every training session I can row a boat um, where where he's in because he is his technical um, I think vision or his technical aims. Um, for example, uh, where what make dear go 
as fast as we went because he has a he has a vision of how to row and he has um, the energy and um, to to tell us every stroke um, and to keep us working hard and again and again and he there there are not many moments when he is content with something <laughs> most of the time he's he finds uh, things that uh, go wrong and um, it's sometimes it's hard for us or even in the training camp for example or or after the, uh, we, we beat the uh, the world record the three seasons after it were horrible because he told us all the time that we um, shouldn't rest on this that we have to work hard harder again and we already did it but uh, he wasn't uh, it wasn't enough for him and um, so he's very very motivated and focused and this is one one good thing about him and the other aspect is that he his his eyes and he's he sees a lot of stuff um what you have to improve and also feels the boat uh, the boat movement when he sits down there in the in the coxing seat yeah because i mean he's been coxing for 18 years when we looked at his at his uh, record yeah. and yeah just uh, really yeah, crazy yeah what you said that um that that his um, his experiences come out, of course, um, also in, in difficult situations. For example, before a competition, or for example, last year um, when we went to the European Champs, uh, which was our first race in the eight, um, we went there. Nobody of us knew how good we are, and then in f- before that race, he in the last training sessions in Dortmund in Germany, he and also Richard Schmidt. Um, who was also in the eight for a long time. They are both with two Olympic medals. And they both told us, guys, um, we are on a good level. We think that um, the boat is moving very well. We have to trust each other that this is good what we do. And now um, we have, to, um, we have to, to show that on the competition day. And, and everybody of us said, okay, um, they are so experienced, they know what they, they, they are saying. And then we try to just to do that what we are doing training. We do that on, on the competition, and then yeah, as you know, the European champs were um, extremely good result for us, with such a winning by such a big margin, and nobody of us really expected it that that would be so so good. And but they two, the two of them, they were feeling it before, I think. Yes, and then Max, a massive part of the the racing in an eight is the first five hundred meters. You know, there's a big there's a big thing that people say that whoever yeah. leads through the first five hundred meters is more often than not going to win the race. How do you guys approach the start? Is it like because I mean I mean for smaller boats it's obviously not as important because of how quickly you can shift speed. What 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 is it like yeah. for you um, going through the start? It must be quite a quite a crazy experience. Yeah, um, it's uh, the, the first thing to, uh, about this is that you, <laughs> our cox always tells us the first 500 uh, we have to go as fast as we can. So we have to go as fast as if the race uh, would just be 500 meters long, and um, hopefully you're in the front after it, and then you you are motivated and you you feel that the boat is going well, and you then you can can move on, and. So this is the first thing, and the second thing, of course, is that you have to um, to move the boat. Of course, very different to a four or a pair. You have to move the first strokes. We were not moving the boat with uh, a high stroke rate. We are just um, trying to get the stroke very long um, 
even in the first strokes and then like um yeah um like a train when the train starts to to move um so just with long strokes and then going higher and higher and higher and higher uh, reaching the maximum speed at 200 or 250 meters and then trying to hold that speed as long as you can yeah, and if you're if you get a good speed then trying to to push it um even further yeah, that's it's much different to how we approach our starts. We literally the first, the first five strokes you you go as fast as you possibly can in terms of the stroke rate, and then yeah, kind of kind of build on from there. But I think it's it's very different in the in the pair. The boat moves under you a lot more, whereas in the eight, there's a lot more mass. Yeah. The people weigh a lot more in relation to the to the boat. So I think it's it, and that's exactly what it looks like watching you guys uh, go out the blocks. It really looks like that train. It's just one stroke and the next yeah. stroke is quicker and the next stroke is a little quicker and longer and, and it's just building speed very quickly but very controlled though. And tell yeah, us I mean, the boat is weighing one one thousand kilogram, so yeah. with all guys inside. Yeah. <laughs> so Max, tell us tell us what the feeling must be like when you so when you start the race, there they're literally fifty six. Fifty six people around you it must be a crazy feeling of having all this energy around you when you start the race because we don't really experience that i mean in the four it's still not even that many people if you compare it to an eight whereas in the eight you have you know 56 people plus there's coxes yelling at everyone to get the get the, the race going it must be a crazy feeling yeah that's definitely definitely it is it is a very crazy feeling but i, I really like it i love it um it's that signal comes and uh, the it yeah the green light flashes and um, every cox is screaming. The boats are very loud. Um, the oars are clapping very loud, and um, then you hope hopefully your cox had uh, the, has the cox box loud enough so you can hear him. Um, but um, yeah, we always try to to keep our focus inside our boat um, even the start when there's so when there's so much energy outside from us um, or around us so um, when you focus on what you're doing on your rowing and focus on what the cox is telling you after some some strokes you don't you don't really uh, see another boat because you just you're just inside your boat you tr just try to be as fast as you can yeah, it's like tunnel, tunnel vision not, down not your lane. Too, too different to, yeah, it's not too, it's a bit, little bit difficult to, to smaller boats, but it's not too difficult. Yeah, yeah. Uh, too, too different. Sorry. So Max, we we gotta we gotta look towards your your beginnings in the sport. Um, I did a bit of reading and I saw that you you went to a sports focused school as opposed to a normal school. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, um, that's right. Um, I've started rowing um, when I was 10 years old and I'm from uh, former Eastern Germany and in Eastern Germany they had this um, the system with uh, such a sports uh, based schools then um, in this region of Germany you can um, with uh, age of 14 for example in rowing you can you can go to to the schools and um, check if you're um, yeah if you're good enough in sport and in school to go there and uh, yeah when I was 14 I wasn't really good in rowing I, I was always very lazy and I just wanted to race but not to train so um, yeah then my father told me oh you, you can try this if, if you if you um, 
like it, you can stay there. If you don't like it, you can come back. And I said, okay, maybe I try this. And then I went uh, to two um, different schools, Magdeburg and Halle. And um, yeah, um, they showed me everything, the school, uh, the boarding school um, and, and the training conditions. And then I decided to go to Magdeburg because there was uh, at the B junior, B junior level, there was a very big um, training group with uh, lots of guys. And I, th I thought, okay, um, this might help me to improve my skills. Yeah, and then um, I made uh, this very big step um, to go there with uh, 14 years. Um, and that was probably one of the best uh, decisions in my life because um, yeah, before I was, I don't know how to say, I, I didn't even had the big fire inside of me <laughs> and uh, I was, um, yeah, very lazy and then didn't really know what to do. And then I was at a, a boring school, had to, I, I was just at home at the re weekends and um, during the week I was there going to school, living there in a, I don't know, 12 meter, little 12 meter room with another guy who later became my best friend. And um, yeah, I had to handle my life uh, on my own and that um, helped me a lot. Um, it gave me a lot of experience and there I um, started my growing career and I um, made my A-level there. So um, it was nice for me to, to go on the school surrounded by other sportsmen from different sports with uh, good conditions to combine school and um, training. So it, um, yeah, it was for me, it was um, the best to do. Okay, and then was it so? Was it during those years where you decided to to take up rowing a little bit more seriously? Oh, the Olympics! <laughs> I don't know when I decided to try to go to Olympics. Um, when I went there, I said, okay, um, with 14 years, maybe it would be a goal to go to the German national champ uh, junior championships. <laughs> And uh, in the first year, I didn't reach that goal because our coach said, okay, you're not good enough, uh, still not good enough. In my second year there, my second uh, junior B year, I was uh, 16 years, I finished uh, first in the double skulls at the junior, German junior championships. Um, so my first um, big result. And um, yeah, one year later, um, I went to the junior rowing uh, world junior rowing championships and at this time this was the greatest for me i didn't even think about uh, olympic games or something like that um it was always for me uh, it was small very very small steps because i n never was the talented row most talented rower i had to work often harder as others and so i always set um small goals and try to reach them and i reached them and um, then in 2011, I went from Magdeburg to Dortmund, where our um, our training center from the men's sweep team is, and also from the under 23 uh, men's sweep team. And I think that step, um, that when I made that step, I said, okay, now I try to go to the under 23 championships and maybe later to to a world championships, but. Olympic Games were always a dream, but not really a goal because it seemed so far away. Yeah, I think that that with uh, with most people interview, it's never like one moment where they just wake up one morning and are oh, sweet. I want to go to the Olympics. It's it's more of a it's a long progression of of just slowly getting better, better results and and improving 
gradually over a long time and then suddenly you realize okay the the olympics can be can be something real that's it yeah and then max you you did a year of of national service tell us a bit about that because that's that's something that doesn't really happen here in south africa and and could you just explain like what what did you get up to that year um yeah in germany it's um uh, yeah, it's a little bit difficult to explain. In Germany, yeah, we have this national service. Um, I think I had when I went there, it was um, everyone had to do this. Every young man, uh, when he gets out of school, had to go there for at least nine months. But now it's now you can do this if you want. You you don't have to do it um, anymore. But um, I had to, and I had uh, the big luck that um, I could go to um, like a, like a sports how to say that um it's like we call it in german we call it a sportfördergruppe it's like a it's like a um a little part of the german army where they um try to or where they have some resources to um to help good sportsmen to yeah to to row and to earn a little bit money for that because yeah of course we don't have so many sponsors and something okay and i went there i had to do a I had to do uh, three months of uh, service, where I was um, learning everything uh, to to hold the weapon, to go in into the into the woods for three <laughs> days and three nights, uh, to do long walks, to um, yeah, um, just to to be a badass. It was a, a nice experience. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and after it, I could uh, go to just back to rowing to my uh, rowing. A training after uh, there was um, uh, still in Magdeburg where I where I was in a boarding school, and in this six um, following months I just rode and I did didn't do something else. I just um, was a sports soldier as we call it in Germany, sports adult, and um, just rode and I th- said okay. After two or three months of that doing that, I, I thought okay that that can't be the thing I want because. Um, always focusing just on rowing and don't do anything else um, that was nothing for me because I felt so much so, so much pressure when you come home when you come home from a training session uh, which was quite bad you feel bad all the time you can't focus on a different thing for example school or university and so after a, a very short time I said okay after next year um, I tried to study and um, yeah then I went out of this um, the sponsorship from the from the German army because um, at this point of time they said you can't study when you're inside it and since 2014 in the fall I'm back in again so I'm still a sports soldier now um, because then they decided you can study and be in this um, yeah in the sponsorship program. okay okay so and then I'm, I have to do some I have to do some military um, weeks for example, uh, after Rio, I had to do a service of uh, six weeks, but nothing really, uh, nothing really hard. It's okay. okay. The rest of the year you can train and and get um, yeah, it's like a work. You get you get money for you get paid for training and like at the moment it's yeah, it's my job. It's my job to row and that's very nice. And um, in addition to that, I study, so it's it's okay. Okay, so was it during the yeah. army that you is that we learned how to to grow such a mean beard? <laughs> no, uh, I had to shave there. <laughs> <laughs> I had to shave, and and after it, uh, when I came home, I said I can't shave. I had to shave every day. Every day. 
I, I, there were some other sportsmen, for example, uh, field hockey players. They shaved once a week, <laughs> and then I said, "Oh, guys, I try this." And then I shaved. I didn't shave for one day, and then we were standing in the line, and our uh, officer came and said, "Mr. Planner, you're going shave." <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, it's great. So, yeah, so that uh, was not not very nice time. And after they said, "Okay, I now I have to I have to grow a beard because it's so uh, annoying to shave every day." <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think in the German team, I'm the only one uh, with uh, such a big beard. There are two or three other guys. For example, my my para partner Felix, who is also a beard, but all the others they can't even grow it. <laughs> yeah. So Lawrence, in the German team, you would have one of the best beards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so Max, um, from the outside looking at German rowing, the German eight seems to be a massive thing in Germany. And you know what what's it like? being part of such a, a big legacy um, yeah it's it's great to be a part of um, and I think yeah I was I was in the eight in 2014 this was my first season in the eight um, and it was a big experience but um, yeah you yeah it was an experience in many ways and um, because such a season in rowing is going so you know it as well. It's it's going so fast. You you go to the first World Cup and and then uh, one one felt week after you are at the World Championship and the season is over and uh, season is so sh so short and um, then again in the next year there are trials again. You can be put out of the aid. You can maybe you can stay in, but it's always uh, a journey. <laughs> so um, I don't think too much about it but of course um, after after 2014 being the eight and then um, being outside of the eight for two years which was also very good for me also big experiences but um, being back again in the eight was magical and um, after our eight was presented and after our coaches said okay Max you're in the eight um, I said okay this time I try to um, take every experience and try to have as much fun as I can because I don't know how long this time uh, would be. Max, talk to us a bit about in recent years there's been a massive rivalry that's developed between the German 8 and the, the Great Britain 8. Chat, chat to us a bit about that rivalry and what do you think about the, about the, British, the British 8? I think the rivalry is very, um, it's very big. Maybe it's a little bit same like us. They have a very big squad of good rowers, and they but they try to manage every year to build um, a good four, a good pair, and a good eight. Maybe last year the eight was not not so good as expected, but um, they had lots of uh, rowers um, retiring after Rio. Uh, the years before they always had good boats in, uh, or good results in every boat and um, that's what we're always struggling with so we see them as um, we always tell our coaches to try to learn from them or to try to look how they are doing it because the for example the selection or something because I th we think that um, they are doing things better in selection um, to be to build a good four and a good eight for example um, yeah but what I also think is that um, yeah, this, this competition with them is also a very good opportunity to 
yeah to be stay motivated all the time also for some for example for rowers like Richard Schmidt or for the Cox who were always inside the eight and not just trying to get into the eight every year it's a nice motivation but as you see it can change very quickly last year the US boys the Aussies uh, the Italians they also have very nice crews in the eight so I wouldn't really um, focus too much on this rivalry between two boats or between us and the Britons. Yes, because I mean, at the end of the day, you, you, there's six people in each race, and and you have to beat everyone to to get across exactly. the line first. Exactly. Okay. But uh, we we sometimes we take a look over the the sea and uh, we are looking what they are doing in the United Kingdom. <laughs> um, so we keep an eye. We we still keep an eye on them. <laughs> yep. Maybe maybe in a few years' time you'll see a, a South African eight on the water. <laughs> yeah, I think we're a long way from that. Yeah. More likely, we'll just Hopefully. do what we'll do is we'll do an interview with some of the British guys and we'll try and get some secrets for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I would just say that they are maybe a little bit. Um, more shy to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so to to wrap things up, uh, we're going to go on to we have a couple quick fire questions. So just uh, uh, quick answers that we ask every, all the guests on the show. So I don't know if you've uh, listened to mm-hmm. some of the other episodes, then you'll know the questions that are, are about to come. So I'm guessing the first one is going to be very easy for you because it's if you could race any boat class at the Olympics, which boat class would that be? Oh no, that's not an easy question. Um, because I could imagine every boat class. Yeah, of, co- of course, the eight is. Uh, I think when I ha- would have to choose, I would choose the eight. But I would also love to row in uh, an Olympic final in the pair or in the four. Okay. Yeah, those are the, the, all the sweet <laughs> ones. Are those are all the important ones you've got there? Yeah. And then yeah, <laughs> if if Max, you had to if you had to race the the Olympics in a four and you could choose any three yeah. people to row with which which three people would you choose okay I think I would choose rowers because I um, I wouldn't I wouldn't love to row with guys in an Olympic final who can't row <laughs> <Yeah>. so um, <laughs> I think I would choose uh, guys from different countries because I really I really love to the chat uh, with uh, people or with rowers from different countries and um, love to um, yeah to to change um, some some aspects of rowing and stuff and I think one of the guys would be Pete Reed he's one of my biggest idols in rowing uh, the second one um, would be my my pair partner I think Felix Wimberger because we are together in a pair for five years now and I can't really imagine to row uh, any rowing race uh, without him <laughs> and uh, the third one um, I think oh, it's difficult one of the Italian guys because I would like to know how they move the boat so fast <laughs> um, they keep maybe it? Pepe Vicino yes I would also like to find that out because it's impressive <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, when I see him on social media I always see He's, he's on the Oscars, he's at the, yes. some, um, I don't know, model shows and stuff. And, and then he goes to the World Champs and wins. Yeah. <laughs> I know, we, we, also, we also don't understand. We, we always see them on bikes or at the beach or at the Oscars or doing something. They, we never see them training. <laughs> they just look like they're having a holiday the whole yeah. time. Yeah. Yes, yes. So what is your favorite rowing race that you find yourself watching over and over again? 
So I think until last year or until last summer, it was, um, I think, the race from uh, 2014, the Lucerne race from my eight, because um, we had a big um, fight between us and the, uh, and the Russian boat. And they um, overtook us during the race, and in the end, we overtook them again. So, yeah, it was a great race, and maybe also um, the race from. Or, or wait, I have to say this a little bit different. Um, in 2015, when we finished um, fifth at the World Championships in the four, um, in Ecbelet, the camera system was so so bad, but. Um, the half, uh, the semi-final um, was maybe one of the best races I have ever rode, because we overtook the the Russians and the um, and the Americans during the last two hundreds uh, to get into the final. But um, yeah, as I said, the video of the race is very bad, so I uh, don't watch it very often. So this season, of course, I could watch every race of the season again and again. Henley, <laughs> Lucerne, World Champ. <laughs> it sounds like you've got a, a lot of rowing races to go watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so Max, this is the this is the big question here on the show. What is your two kilometer PB on the Ugo? Um, it's a five fifty six. Oh, this guy just pips me. <laughs> oh, is he just faster than you? <laughs> One second. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and. Max, yeah, exactly. last last question. If you had to choose a different sport to go to the Olympics in, which sport would it be? Um, wow. Um, we, I heard about it that they may might be uh, coastal rowing in the Olympic program. And when I heard that, I said, oh my God, it would be so easy to qualify and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so maybe, maybe to go there... Uh, for coastal rowing and also a lot of more fun than just rowing on the flat lake. <laughs> Have you ever done any coastal rowing? No, never. I, I just, maybe this is also one, one sport I would do at the Olympics, sailing. Um, I really uh, love watching sailing and um, did it uh, twice. And after my rowing career, I will, um, yeah, I will try to learn to sail, but not for competition. <laughs> but maybe that would be a sport for me. Okay, very cool answer. I dig that. I see we're not uh, we're not gonna get you uh, out the boat, eh? You you're gonna be staying in the boat on the water uh, for for yeah. anything that you do. Yeah, exactly. Water is my element. <laughs> yeah. Very very cool. Well, thanks so much, uh, Max. That was such a epic interview, and I'm sure it'll uh, turn out very well. Yeah, thank you uh, for your time and, and um, thank you for having me. Yes, of course, Max. And then uh, hope, I hope the rest of your training camp goes well and Lawrence and I will be eagerly watching you compete when the international season starts again. Hey, it's Jake and Lawrence again. If you're enjoying the show, please share it and let your friends know about it. Also, don't be afraid to leave a comment telling us what you liked, what you didn't like or any ideas that you have for the show. And you can leave that at theroadshowsa at gmail.com. That's theroadshowsa at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and contact us there if you just search The Row Show or on Instagram uh, where the tag is at roadshowsa. You can find us on Instagram. Uh, I'm at Britain L, so that's Britain underscore L. And you can find Jake at at Jake Milton Green, all lowercase, all one word. You can also find any info or links on this week's episode in our show notes below. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for listening in. We out.
I think we're good at that, hey? That was fucking sounding good, yeah. dude. Sweet, guys, that's enough of... <laughs> Sorry, dude. <laughs>